another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds for a comment off greatly appreciate it so if you clicked on this that means you want to hear what i have to say about the night agent which was on netflix first season um we already got an early renewal like i think this has only been out for not even a week or I think it or be just under a week or actually no it's been about two weeks now because they dropped on the 23rd um so been out for about two weeks but I believe it got the renewal less than a week after dropping which you all know for Netflix is a unicorn <laughs> we are going to talk about what season two could potentially look like. I know there's been some interviews out there. I haven't really read them about what they're hoping to do in season two, but I think they did a nice little setup for a potential, like if you're watching, you're like, oh, I can see them trying to do another season. Like I think they did a nice setup for this to run potentially a couple more seasons. But before I get ahead of myself, we're going to leave that for the end. There are going to be spoilers, so if you did not watch this or don't want to be spoiled, then you should come back after uh, you watch the show. So, The Night Agent, again, season one, first season, dropped on Netflix. It was 10 episodes, uh, and I watched this in one sitting. I did not think that I was going to watch this in one sitting. Um, when I saw the trailer before it dropped, I was, cause you know, when, if you're on the app, I, f- I feel like on the app, it's a little more clear or they're, they're a little more in your face as far as trying to push trailers down your throat <laughs> or not really down your throat, but there's the option where you can select to see like what's coming up and it's a little more intuitive in the app on like your phone or your iPad than it is if you're watching it um, through something like an Apple TV or whatever. Not sure how it is for um, a non-Apple device, but at least in my experience in an Apple device, that is my takeaway. And so I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, oh, okay, seems interesting. Looks like it's something that I would normally watch. So I, I kind of had it on my radar and then forgot about it. And then all of a sudden it had dropped on Netflix and I saw the trailer again. I was like, oh yeah, I did want to watch that. But clearly we're a couple of weeks out. Uh, and if you listen to the previous two episodes, then you know we were, we were doing a little bit of catch up. <laughs> but we are, at least for TV shows, at this point, we're caught up. Movies, not so much. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, so... We're about caught up now. So I was like, okay, let me sit. Let me watch it. 10 episodes. If you're a longtime listener or if you've listened to a handful of these episodes for me, then you know how I feel about a short season of TV. I love me a short season of TV. Like a a six to eight episode season of TV. Love it. I used to be able to rock with a 10 episode season of TV, but I am not sure what is going on where when I see 10 episodes, there's just, it's not even dread. I just put it off and put it off and put it off and kind of prepare myself mentally to sit and watch it. I've also talked about this more recently where it's taken me a little bit longer to sit and watch 
things. Whereas I used to watch them or watch a lot of these shows in one sitting with plan to watch it in a day or maybe a little bit more than a day. But now I've been breaking it up over the weekend. Well, the night agent was definitely different because I did see and I was like 10 episodes. Okay. It was a little bit of procrastination as far as watching it. Um, over the weekend. And so when I finally sat down, it was Sunday night, Sunday, 10 up. So Sunday, Sunday afternoon. And I started it and I was like, okay, I'll just watch five episodes tonight, maybe six. Cause you know, you're, you're counting the hours from when you start to when you want to go to sleep and then try to finish it on Monday. I sat and watched the whole thing. I stayed up till about 2.30 in the morning <laughs> because I got to a good stopping place at about episode eight. But if you watched it, so you know, it kind of picks up then and you're just at that point, you're like, okay, I just want to see how everything ends. So I did watch it in one sitting. It was very entertaining, but also very predictable as far as this type of show is concerned where you have like an agent who essentially has to go and save someone but they're kind of on the run like that's not a it's not a new story but I think the way that they went about it and also I think the chemistry between our two leads which we have Peter and we have Rose so Peter is played by Gabriel Basso who I have not I don't believe I've seen him in anything I try to look it up uh, while I was watching and I don't remember if I, I his face is not familiar so pretty sure I haven't and then Rose played by Lucian Buchanan who also I don't believe I've seen in anything but I think having two main characters while we can talk about some irritating qualities of them <laughs> you are kind of just like okay let's just I'm invested. Let's see what happens. And so, um, and also I think just the theme of the show, cause you're, you know, it's going to be some type of spy, spyish, not really spy, but like agent type show because it's called the night agent. And then, you know, they're going to be on the run because someone is after Rose <laughs> and Peter by default. And then you add in the layer of the father story where, Peter's an agent. His father was an agent um, before he passed, but he was wrongly accused or to Peter, he believes that he was being accused of a crime that he did not believe that he committed. So you have that layered in there. Again, these are all not new storylines. They're very um, common in this type of a show. And so I think what drew, what drew me immediately was the first episode. So let's talk about it a little bit. We're not going to go episode by episode because you all know I don't like to do that. But the first episode, we start with the train bomb. And you know the train bomb is like it's going to tie into the overall uh, storyline because we do a lot of time jumping in this. A lot of time jumping. A lot of time jumping. <laughs> in this, every single episode, we jump back in time and then we go back into the present which could be a little bit irritating or even hard to follow but I but the way that they did it they tried to or at least it seems like they wanted to focus on one person 
at a time. So as you're introduced to new people or as we start to get familiar with these characters, when the episode ends and then we go into a new episode, then that newer character or character who we aren't too familiar with, we do a time jump or not time jump. How do you go backwards? We go back in time for that character and then we go back to the present. So it's not as irritating, but there there is a lot to keep track with as far as timeline because you're going back three months, then you're going back a year, then you're going back two years. Then they went back like 14 years or something like that. And I was like, okay, 11 years. <laughs> Like this it's getting a little it's getting a little much. But anyway, so we open up and we see Peter on the train and he sees a mom and a daughter and he helps them out because you know Peter's a good guy. They wanna quickly establish that Peter is a good guy. We should be rooting for Peter. We want the best for Peter immediately. Uh, and so he's like, oh, you can have my seat. He's making faces with the little girl, and then we see a sketchy character who comes and drops a bag on the train and then quickly gets off. So already we're like, okay, this is the bomb. Then we see Peter jump into action to get everyone off the train. He immediately, immediately stops, the, pulls the lever to stop the train, gets everyone off just in time before the bomb goes off. We know there's one casualty, but the reason why it grabs me immediately, because there's action. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat is we don't know who Peter is. We kind of have, we kind of know, we know what they want us to know about Peter without him talking, but we're just getting into the show and immediately you're being sprung into action. So you're kind of like, Oh, okay. I got to pay attention. So he, the train bomb goes off. He gets thrown against the cement wall and you feel it when he hits the wall. It's like, Oh, Okay. But then you're, okay, whatever. And then you see him, he's being looked after. But then he sees the guy who left the bag on the train. And so he goes and chase after him. It's still action. Like, you literally feel like you're in the chase because you've come. We had a brief moment of calm. And then we got immediately thrown into the action. We feel the throw of Peter against the cement wall. And now we're in a chase with this guy. And you're like, is he going to get him? Is he going to get him? We, we know he's not because... I mean, at that point, we don't know that we're going to be doing a lot of time jumping, but it just seems like there's no way that he's going to catch him because it's going to play into the longer and until the rest of the show. So he, they're tussling, they're tussling, and then the guy gets away and Peter goes to run after him and immediately gets hit by a car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like what a way to immediately try to grab your attention. They were like, oh, we're going to get your attention. We're going to make sure we hold it until the very end of the season, which I have to give them credit. They did because it's like you get the action, you're invested. There's all the hits are really hitting you as you're watching it because those hits look like they hurt. Not only just getting thrown against the wall, but then getting hit by the car after you knew he had not fully recovered. He was clearly injured after being thrown against the wall. And then he gets hit by a car after he was just in a fight. <laughs> it was a lot. So I think that was a good um, opening. And then we jump a year later. And this kind of sets the tone for the rest of the episodes, like I said, where we jump, where we go back and then we uh, jump to the present. And then we're introduced to this conspiracy theorist, Elliot Rome, who I thought was going to play a bigger part in this. And 
he was familiar. Um, actually, I don't know if he's going to show up. It's not. I didn't write his name down, but we know him as Murphy <laughs> from The 100. You all know I love The 100. I literally did all the seasons of The 100. You can go back and look them up. But we know him as Murphy. Also, the um, girl who played Ellen was also from The 100. I'm pretty sure she, her and Murphy had a thing and then she ends up... I'm not going to give... I'm not going to give it away in case you want to go back and watch it. Because The 100 is a pretty solid show for the most part. Even though it went on for probably more seasons than it should have. But it was entertaining. Anyway, off subject. So <laughs> I thought he was going to have a bigger um, like part in this story. But he doesn't really. Even the whole theme of conspiracy theorists um, was kind of evident throughout the entire season. But... I don't feel like they go that far with it. It's just kind of there. And it's kind of like a nod to, oh. And again, this is like a political thrill thriller because you're dealing with someone. And we learn this pretty quickly when we're introduced. Well, we meet Rose when she's like doing her whole business thing. And then we jump to the present. And then we meet her aunt and uncle. And then we have the night where the... The assassin shows up to take them out and she overhears them talking and saying that there is someone in the White House who they can't trust. And so already we're like, okay, political thriller, a lot of political themes, conspiracy theorists, uh, trying to take out the president, which is essentially where we get to towards the end, uh, a very shady VP uh, and... All of those things, but the I'm trying not to jump around here. I'm trying to see how we want to do this. Okay, so we're gonna to stick to um, Rose and Peter for a little bit. So you have a whole will they won't they thing with Peter and Rose throughout pretty much all of the season until they finally act on it, which is pretty late in the season. I was actually pretty surprised that they didn't um attempt anything earlier than that but you see the setup when she's under um when he, he first meets her in person she's like oh you he's like you can trust me she's like I don't know if I can trust you I'm trying to figure out what's going on because at that point she was clueless and then when um he drops her under secret service protection which you know I was a little bit like, does this really happen in real life? I, I feel like it doesn't where, yeah, we have the CIA. Yeah, we have the FBI. Yeah, we have Secret Service. But would the Secret Service be involved in something like this if it was not directly connected to the um, president? And because the agents who died are FBI agents... Why wouldn't she be put under FBI uh, watch or under there? Like, why wouldn't they be the ones who are um, patrolling? Because I can't think of a, the the right word at the moment. <laughs> or guarding. Why wouldn't they be the ones who are guarding her? Or why wouldn't she be at a safe house with them? Also, if you put someone in a safe house, why is it a hotel? I mean, all those things are just little things that 
makes it kind of be like, oh, would that really happen in real life? And I don't know how much the CIA or the FBI or um, the Secret Service is going to tell us about their protocols and what they do. I'm sure there's some level of consulting for shows like this. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that in that type of a situation, she ends up under um, the guardianship of the CIA and also the dynamic between the FBI, the CIA, or not that, why do I keep saying the CIA? I don't, I don't believe we saw any wrong from the CIA, but between the FBI, uh, the Secret Service, and the Chief of Staff, which again, political thriller, we've watched a lot of those. I've talked about quite a few of them on here. Uh, the one that's jumping out to me is Candle because it's so ridiculous when you think about like the Chief of Staff. And so I, I feel like these shows paint this picture of a chief of what the chief of staff would do. And they're like this problem solver or they're essentially trying to cover up for the president or protect the president in either way that they can by sometimes even keeping the president out of the loop of things that would or could be criminal. So we paint this kind of idea of what a chief of staff should be. But then we get a show like this where it's like, not only is the president out here with a program that is a secret program that's against the law with like the night action agents, but then she had two agents on assignment working for her. And then now she has her secret, not secret service, her chief of her chief of staff heavily involved in trying to figure out who essentially the mole in the White House is. Um, and then not really keep keeping her out the loop, but then bringing her into the loop and then pushing her out the loop again because she becomes suspicious, which we do need to talk about Far because Far who's the chief of staff, because they laid out pretty early on the type of person that Far is with the zookeeper episode. Because she says some line, which I didn't write it down. Um, but essentially, she, when she poaches Peter or recruits Peter for the night action or the night agent desk, night action, night agent desk, either way, the night desk, <laughs> and they're at the zoo. And he was telling a story about, oh, I will go to the zoo with my father or whatever. And then I'm summarizing because I didn't write this down. And she's like, oh, what's your favorite animal or something like that? And he says some animal. And then she's like, well, I would pick the zookeeper because she controls when they eat, sleep, who they sleep, sleep with, all that stuff. And so that whole, that one sentence to me speaks to the person or the character that far is and so the fact that it's revealed that she is involved or behind um the everything that's going on as far as with the bp and uh the guy who is over the um what is it the arms the arms company <laughs> you all know the guns and stuff <laughs> When she's, uh, when it's revealed that she's involved, it's not really that surprising just based on that one sentence or one interaction that she had with Peter in the Zookeeper episode. Also, she just came off sketchy AF. <laughs> because when Rose is like, oh, I don't trust her. How do you know we can trust her? How do you, how, 
did the uh, two assassins know where we were when they were like at the cabin, at her um, aunt and uncle's cabin? How did they know where she, where they were when he only called far and all of that? And they just literally kept showing up. It was a valid question. But uh, it also speaks to kind of the the character or the person that Peter is because in a way it's like, is he a little bit too trusting? And does he have blind loyalty? Because he did have blind loyalty because Far was the one who recruited him for that night agent position. And he felt like he, because he is an agent that's for training for it, he's like super going to follow the rules. He's not going to break the rules or he's going to try his hardest not to break the rules. And so he just could not see that potentially she could be involved in things until it's essentially too late because then he has to try to escape uh, the White House. I'm pretty sure that was the White House where they were. Yeah, they, he has to escape the White House. So I don't know, but I thought it was super obvious with the Zookeeper episode that Far was not being 100% forthcoming with Peter and was involved in some way because uh, it seems like based on that comment, she likes to have control of things. And you even see it in her in her communications with the president. Uh, there was something that she said. Oh my gosh, I can't think. I can't remember what she said when they had an interaction. Um, and I think that's when the president was kind of like, oh, I don't think that you are <laughs> being 100% with me. I think you may be involved in this and I may have to cut you out. Uh, and then her whole thing about, oh, for the, um, like being super gung-ho about making sure that they get their, um, like their agenda out, protecting the agenda, protecting the legacy of the president. So I don't know. That was interesting. And then we get... Um, We'll come back to Peter and Rose because, you know, they're throughout this entire thing. But then we get introduced. Actually, before I talk about Chelsea and Monks, let's talk about the two um, agents because I don't know if they were trying to make, like add like a comedic type of feel to them, but they were just weird, <laughs> especially when we're, we're introduced to... Um, What's his name? What's his name? Dell. We're introduced to him on his own because, or at least we see his face. Like we find out later that uh, Ellen is also there, but we never see her face because she's the one who kills, um, what's her name? Rose's aunt. But then when we actually see her face is when they show up at that lady's house, <laughs> which we kind of find out they went to go and, and get the nanny cam that uh, Maddie, the VP's daughter, had stashed there, which had evidence of her father being horrible to her, and she was gonna leak it and put it on the press and all that. But like that whole babe, that whole scene with the baby, where they just they stole a baby, showed up into that lady's house, got into her house, killed her, and then left the baby. <laughs> it was so weird. And then they're weird. The weird uh, 
like discussion that they're having or when she's like, oh, she's trying to have sex with him, but then he's clearly struggling. And so then I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> he gets that phone call from uh, the the CEO guy, the CEO company guy. Um, but it was very, very weird. Uh, yeah. And then we knew as soon as Peter killed Dale that Ellen was going to turn into a crazy person. And even the way that she died was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, some moments in the show watching it where it's just like, <sighs> it feels a little, a little <laughs> like they're trying to make, they're not trying to make us laugh, but like they're unintentionally making this feel a little comedic because the fact that Rose, first, there's a whole gun shootout between them at the, uh, I don't know what you call those places where you find like the, the big shipping containers, but there's a whole shootout happening. Ellen has a freaking army type military type weapon that she's using to try to take these people out when she ends up killing monks. Uh, and then Rose just comes out of nowhere and just pushes her off the railing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, so that's how she dies. Um, but anyway, so let's go to Monks and Chelsea because we're introduced to Chelsea uh, and she is on the detail for the VP's daughter. <sighs> I don't know if I've talked about this before, but sometimes when we get introduced to new characters pretty late into a season or halfway at the halfway point or just before the halfway point, I'm like, I know the story's connected, but why? <laughs> and I felt like that for a lot of it because I was just like, we would be making movement or um, gaining ground and trying to understand everything that was going on. Um, as far as like who is the is the leak in the White House? Why are they trying to take out Chelsea? Like what is the end goal? How does the train tie into this? All of that. And then we will jump to the scenes around the VP's daughter. It'll just like feel like you're getting pulled out of it a little bit. Um, but the fact that Monks ends up dying literally of uh, the same way that he saved the president he ends up being killed that way so we find out that he was on the president's detail he saw a suspicious person at um like a talk that or what a speech that the uh president was giving and he jumps in front of him when the guy goes to shoot and he takes it through his arm chest or something like that and so he's been out of it. He got addicted to painkillers. Now he's clean and they're letting him, they're pretty much saying you got to start from the bottom and work your way back up. So that's how he ends up on the detail for the VP's daughter, who has been Chelsea leading this team. She's a little bit younger. Uh, and her and Maddie have a kind of, have a kind of friendship, if you will. But Maddie's art teacher, super suspicious AF, just... The fact that Monks picked up on how, how creepy, or not even creepy, but how he picked on the fact that there may be something between those two, but Chelsea, who's supposed to be her friend, 
<laughs> couldn't pick up on it. Especially, and I don't know if it's it just they didn't have an interaction like how they had when um, Monks went and he like checked out the room to make sure that the room's okay, leave him in there. But the way that he was, the art teacher was just standing close to her. It was just, I don't know. I've been like, is there something else going on here? So clearly he saw it. Uh, and then Maddie had that whole plan to go and see him on her own, which kids will be kids, which, and I feel, I've, and of course, because it's TV, it's a little bit more to the extreme, but it's always like, you essentially are being prepared for the worst case scenario. You go off with this teacher who you should not be having this relationship with. And then you find yourself in a situation where he's now dead and you've been snatched and you don't even understand what is going on. <laughs> it was just, and then she's, then when she's trying to, when she, when he has her in the room, which you find out is a shipping container later, uh, and she kicks the wall and she gets the hole in the wall. The fact that we spent so much time coming back to her digging through the same size hole. <laughs> and I was like, what progress is she making? What is the goal here? Is she trying to get, like, make the hole big enough so she can get through it? Like, what is going on? Uh, and so every single time when we would come back to her and she's picking at the hole, picking at the hole, like the hole is not growing uh, at all. <laughs> And then finally, it's like, oh, it shows the container, the shipping container number, which is what she then uses in code to try to get um, Chelsea and Chelsea there to save her, which goes back to, I know, I feel like we're a little bit, we're going around, but it's okay, uh, which goes back to Peter and uh, Rose, because at this point, they are essentially on their own. At first, they had the green light from Farrakh. He's like, oh, I'm working with her, all that tough stuff. But then he started asking too many questions. And so then it was revealing like, oh, wait, maybe they know more than we think that they did know. And they know stuff that they shouldn't know. So we need to um, essentially take them out. And so when he realizes that Farrakh is also involved and he escapes and then they put out, of course, because it wouldn't be... A political agent thriller if they didn't essentially have our protagonist have a, a bounty on the protagonist's head essentially um so they put out an alert to be on the lookout for them pretty much trying to tie him to the kidnapping of Maddie and this is what frustrated me because Chelsea from what it seemed like knew knew of or knew a little bit about um Peter and so at first she was like oh Peter's not involved like this art teacher doesn't make sense but then and then Monks is like oh no like they clearly have leads that they're following then they get pulled in and Far is very adamant like no Peter is involved you need to find him bring him in um he needs to be taken out essentially and then um freaking Monks and Chelsea are like, oh, well, we're, we're going to try to do multitask and follow boat fleas or whatever. And then when they find them at the boat, which you, we knew when they found them at the boat at that point that they weren't going to turn them in. They were going to essentially start to work together. But like they had them handcuffed and they're like, well, how are you? We how do we know that we can trust you? How do we know you're not involved? They're on a boat. 
<laughs> by themselves, clearly looking like they're trying, they've been through some stuff and they're trying to figure it out. Like if they had, if they had swiped up Maddie, th there would be some evidence of that somewhere. And there just wasn't. So I thought it was weird. They're like, oh, we're going to handcuff you and I'll be the judge. We'll be the judge of if you're innocent or not, or if we let you help us, which eventually they do. Um, and then it kind of was like, kind of, I think I wrote this down. It was like, this seemed a little bit formulaic as far as like the story is. So yeah, I did. <laughs> I wrote, I don't know. It just seems so formulaic because it does, because then it's like, essentially the agent saves, saves the day in the beginning. Then he ends up at a desk job, essentially. Then he gets pulled into some type of a mission where he has gone to run with the person, but now he's been falsely accused of, of committing a crime. And so now he needs to go and save his name. And then there are other agents who are kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. But then when they actually meet him, they're like, oh, actually, we're all going to work together. And then they end up in some situation where they have to save each other but his name is still not cleared. And so the agents who came in to help end up helping to clear that. Like, it's just, it's just, again, like I said, we've seen it before, which is also why I was surprised when I, when I looked this up on IMDb that it has like a 7.7 7 out of 10 <laughs> because it's such, it's not a new story, but I don't know. I really want to know why, why people really, really liked this show. And also I want to know why they renewed it so fast. Just it's just I have so many questions, so many questions, <laughs> and so we kind of find out that the VP did all this because he wanted to take out a foreign leader and did not care that there would be civilians who could have potentially died had the train bomb gone off where it was supposed to go because he was very adamant about his stance on this foreign leader. He did not want to listen to what the president had to say. Also, I'm kind of sick of these these shows where <laughs> they have uh, a president and a VP. Or maybe I'm just thinking of like a book that I read. Because it seems like an ongoing theme where it doesn't seem like the president and the VP are from the same party or have the same values or have the same views. And are like one is very opposed to the other. I don't know. But clearly, he is highly against the president and... At first, it was just like, we need to take out the foreign leader. Then once they realized that Far was starting to lose her power because the president was um, shutting her out, then he and... Um, why did I not write this guy's name down? I don't know why I didn't write his name down. Um, but the CEO guy. <laughs> you all know I love, I love to give these people nicknames. Um, but CEO guy and, uh, the VP were, they made their own plan and hiding it to the fact that they were like, oh, we're going to take out the foreign leader and we're going to take out the president <laughs> and the VP is going to become the president. And then that whole part where, which we knew was going to happen when, um, he takes Maddie down into like the bunker and she's like, you need to let me go. Or like after this, I'm going to pretty much out you, da 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 And like, we knew that he was going to say, well, then leave then. <laughs> and literally not care that his daughter was going to potentially die because he's treated her pretty badly since his other daughter died because 
he blamed her for her death, even though he was the grown adult who wasn't watching his kids outside, who were outside by themselves, and they have that big-ass pool, even though there's a gate around it, but still, I would be a little bit paranoid to be like, oh, I'm going to need to keep an eye on my kids um, outside. So they have that, that whole thing happening. But, uh, of course, they're able to save everyone. No one dies from the bombs. That whole end part when they're at the plane and Peter's like, he like snatches up the president and he's like, there's a bomb on the, on the plane. Blah, blah, blah. And the, the president, this was a little bit frustrating to me. I don't know about you all, but when in that moment where he's like, oh man, there's a bomb on, on the plane. And I, I guess you could see it as she was sure, maybe it was that she wasn't sure she can trust him because he had been um, like bought in by far. And so she hadn't, she wasn't trusting far at that point. But then it was also like, why? I don't know. It was, and then the fact that he was, pretty much like oh you can't go on the plane there's a bomb blah 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 and she's not being like okay guys calm down don't shoot him like let's see what's going on blah, blah. she's just not saying anything and everyone's literally trigger happy <laughs> and it's about to take him out because some of them are also uh some of the shady folks who were uh in on the vp's plan including i believe his name was briggs who i don't think he died but i did write a note because we have that flashback to when um Peter's father was uh, arrested when they raided the house and like this guy, the guy showed up and he was talking to the father or whatever. And then, cause he, Briggs had been there like the whole time or like he showed up throughout cause he was the other, there were two CIA, CIA or not CIA. Why do I keep saying CIA? There were two secret service guys who kind of, it seemed like they were the head of, or at least I'm assuming Briggs was also part of the secret service. But there was the one that Chelsea trusted, and then there was this Briggs guy. But it wasn't until after we saw that scene between the raid scene um, when we went back 11 years. Was it 11 years? Yeah, 11 years when we see Peter's house get raided. And then when we jumped to the present, this is all episode 10, I was like, wait, was that Briggs guy the same guy who showed up at Peter's house for the raid? Because they kind of look the same. But then I would think that he would be a little bit older or look a little bit older. If he was the same guy. So I'm not sure. But um, yeah. What else? <laughs> like so much happened in this. And then not that. Not a lot. Um, I didn't really have big takeaways. That I wanted to talk about in this. But essentially. They save the day. Uh, Chelsea shows up with Maddie. is like oh he's with us. So they don't shoot him. And then they go find the VP, talk about, I'm the president. We heard the, we heard the bombs go off. And they're like, uh, sir, you're going to jail. <laughs> but we see um, Chelsea, she ends up getting offered to be on the president's detail. So I'm sure we'll probably see something with that in season two. And then we see Peter talk to the president and she offers him First, he's first. He wants to know what happens with what happened with his father. So we find out that his father was a double agent, and essentially, he confessed to the crimes, even though he really didn't commit them. And that they say he died in a car accident, but he was actually assassinated. And then the president offers him a spot as a night agent, or as an as an agent on the night action team. I don't know what the team's called. <laughs> 
<laughs> as a night action agent, whatever. Um, and we know that freaking Rose was like, wait, her name's Rose, right? Did I just make that up? Because <laughs> all of a sudden Rose did not sound right. <laughs> yes, Rose. Um, so we know we saw earlier or a little bit earlier um, before this where uh, they were talking about Rose and Peter. Oh, what would you do after this? Like once we clear our names, this is when they were on the boat. And she was like, oh, I think I would go to California or whatever. And then she's like, oh, what would you do? And he's like, oh, I think I would go and get a cabin or something, maybe in California. <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> but um, so clearly they're close at this point. Um, and we see her see him off on his first assignment, which I try to look at those papers. Mind you, again, I, I watched this until 2.30 a.m. So by episode 10, I was pretty tired. I had to rewind a couple of times because I was, my eyes were, were heavy. <laughs> so I had to rewind a couple of times in the beginning of the episode, but like towards the end, I was pretty awake. Um, but I was looking at the paper. I couldn't tell where he was going, but we, all we know is that he was going out of the country and he couldn't look at his assignment until he was on the plane and the plane was in international air, air space, which is what he did. And I was like, dum, dum, dum. So like, that's the setup for future seasons. <laughs> so we know, we know we're getting to season two. Season two is probably going to be um, essentially whatever this mission that he's going on. Probably going to be him trying to understand who killed his father. I'm sure because, you know, it's classic classic storyline. I'm probably going to see a little bit around uh, what is going on with Chelsea and being the in the president's detail. Rose. I don't know. Some of these shows, it, this had me thinking about Reacher as well. Because I was like, when is Reacher coming back? Because <laughs> that was renewed for season two. It's like some of these shows where it's like an agent, an agent-y type person or someone who's like a spy or goes and saves people. I feel like they just cycle through love interests. So... Not sure if Rose will be back, but Peter seems like a, a one girl type of guy. <laughs> so hopefully they don't have him cycling through, but because it, 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 it he will potentially, I'm assuming the story may take place uh, internationally, then will they try to give him another love interest? I don't know. Do I want to see another love interest? No, not really. I'd rather we like continue to build up of all of these relationships that you introduced us to in this first season. Um, but yeah, and, and the reason why I said in the beginning that it's a setup for additional seasons and not maybe just one season, because again, this is not a new type of a story. Like we have like Jack, what is this? Is it Jack Reacher? No, not Jack Reacher. Jack something. You know, the, the, the agent story on Prime <laughs> that I do not watch. Uh, that has, uh, is it John Krasinski? I think it's John, John Krasinski. If it's not, then you all know what I'm talking about. But we have Jack Ryan. I think that's what it's called. Jack Ryan. It's like, it starts with the R. Uh, we have like the Jack Ryan, the Reacher story, which I referenced. Like, these are not new stories, but there's enough there that because they're always going on missions and things, you can give them multiple seasons 
to me, what I care most about is, okay, if you want to give us multiple seasons, just make sure that the stories are good or it's great storytelling and also great action because a lot of this is needs to involve some type of action. Oh, that reminds me. Freaking Peter and his fighting ability. I'm going to need him to get some more training before season two. <laughs> like they need to train Peter to be able to fight because every single fight that he was in, he was freaking losing. And the fact that Rose had to come in and save him multiple times with that fight scene on the beach between him and Dell, And then Rose comes through with the log to help him out. <laughs> Like, what is happening? And then she comes and saves him again when she takes out uh, Ellen over the rail. And then I think she came in another time. It was just like, Peter, my guy, what is happening? I literally wrote, I don't know where I put it, but I literally wrote, like, he cannot fight. I don't understand why he cannot fight. Y'all know I love me a good fight, a good fight scene, so. Or a good, some good fight choreo, so. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, and then the introduce the introduction of uh, Mateo, who was actually the person who freaking Peter fought in season one, who actually ends up dying. But like that's what I'm saying. Like when they set up where you knew he was going to escape, it's because as soon as they showed us that snake tattoo, I was like, okay, this is going to tie in, and he's going to be here for a little bit. Like he's going to escape, and they're going to tie to it in a, in a future episode. So. It was all interwoven, but we have a season two. It was very interesting. I want to know why you all, if you did, why you thought that this was an interesting show. Do you want to see a season two? <laughs> like, I really want to know. I am genuinely curious because I'm kind of low-key surprised at how highly rated it is. One on IMDb, but also like a lot of the articles that I was seeing also had very positive um headline so to me again i i wrote that i felt like it, while it was entertaining it was very formulaic and it wasn't like a new story so i don't know maybe because it's original content but there's been a there's been a lot of original tv shows not necessarily movies been a lot of things being redone even some tv shows starting to be redone but i don't know i don't know i am genuinely stumped <laughs> so let me know what you all thought about season one of the night agent and i will talk to you all in the next episode that's the end of the episode thanks for sticking through it to the end be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently building on instagram and at current on twitter also hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and i'll talk to you in the next one